Hello and welcome to the Unorganized and Lost podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, and I'm here to prove that you don't always have to be organized to follow your dreams and getting lost isn't always a bad thing. Today, I am so excited to, again, have a beautiful and amazing guest, but I have Emily Jimlison on today. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. That was a very cute intro, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. I'm a big fan. It's, it's very true. You can You can be unorganized and lost and yet still successful and I think it's really cool that you're showing people that you can tie that all together. <laughs> so you are the owner and founder of 77 Cosmetics. Yes, ma'am. You are a professional makeup artist. Mm -hmm. You are an amazing person. What else do we got on your list? Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> you're good for my ego. I'll just, <laughs> I'll say that. Um, yeah, I think you nailed it. Perfect. I think you, you think you hit them all. Love it. So I feel like there's so many things to dive into and I'm so excited about this. Because, <laughs> Where to start? Where to start? Um, what's so fascinating is that we grew up together. Yes. We went to elementary school together. Yes. Your house was maybe what, 500 feet away from like my back fence yep. at, in my backyard. <laughs> so we've known each other a long time. We go way back. Way back. And it's been so fun to see um, where you've been going and like what you've been up to. So thank you. Where did it start? So did you always know you wanted to be in makeup? Oh, um, I would say like subconsciously. Yes. I don't think anybody like grows up and they're like, I'm going to be a makeup artist, but was I always like creative and into art and colors? And I was a very eccentric child. Um, I'm sure my mother can attest to that. <laughs> um, I don't think I knew what I was going to do. I always loved theater and singing and dancing. So, you know, the arts was always like a big passion of mine. So, um, I graduated high school. I went to college. I got my degree at the university of Arizona in sociology and communications. So, um, I was just kind of, you know, doing what you're supposed to do at that age. Absolutely. And, um, I think from there I got my first job, which was just like, um, it was a desk job and I was cold calling people. And, you know, I thought that was a big accomplishment. I'm like, I graduated, I got a job, I'm living in the city. And I think it wasn't until maybe like six months in where I was like, okay, I'm not sure this is like where I'm supposed to be. It doesn't feel like this is, you know, the right path for me. So, um, my parents being my parents were like, okay, well you can leave the job, but like you have to have another job lined up. And I give them credit because I was like, so ready to jump ship that I was like, oh, I have to have another job. Like. Yeah. How does that make sense? Right? <laughs> yes, what absolute. a concept. Oh, yeah, that is the what a absolute biggest advice that we always get. It's hard to find a job. You don't have a job. I know. So, so then from there, I was like, okay, well, I have to get a job. And I don't, I don't know quite what I want to do or where I want to go after this. So um, I knew I liked makeup. I liked doing hair and makeup. And so I was like, oh, I'll try to get a job at like Mac in the meantime, where I like take some time back figure out what I want to do. So I got a job at Mac. And after that, I was like, okay, I, I really love this. Like I have fun going to work every day. It's, it's definitely a passion of mine. I like really appreciated the art aspect of it. Um, so then once my parents saw that I was like actually serious about it and that I wanted to like pursue it full time, um, they encouraged me to go back to school and get my license. So oh, no way. I they, had no idea you worked at Mac. I didn't oh know gosh. you went back to yeah. that. What did your parents think of that? Because obviously um, going from like a graduating college and having a full-time job and mm -hmm. going to Mac, like I feel like it almost seems like a step back. So right. like and were they encouraging of it or? They were, they were actually very, very supportive. And I will definitely have to take a note from them when I have kids because um, my mom always says from like a young age, she knew I was going to be in like the beauty industry somehow. Like oh, she no didn't way. know what I was going to do, but she was like, you're going to be in that world somehow. And I think they just knew it was inevitable at that point. It wasn't just like I picked up this hobby overnight. Like I had always loved doing it mm -hmm. and expressed from like a young age that being creative and artsy and, you know, getting into hair and makeup stuff from a young age was, I don't know. I think it was just kind of in my it nature. Made sense to them. Yeah. So they were That's like, cool. okay, this is, this is making sense. And I think Mac was a really good foot in the door. I think a lot of makeup artists have actually started at Mac or Sephora or, wow. you know, Nordstrom with the um, beauty counters and whatnot. And so I did think you start as a salesperson and then get into the makeup or do they just kind of let you get a job in makeup? It's so it's kind of complicated. There's a lot of different steps you can do within the business okay. of, um, you know, retail makeup. 
Um, I really liked the art side of it. I wasn't a good, um, like salesperson, I guess at first, like obviously now I've, you know, developed in business and (laughs) I'm not trying to sell someone like a $30 red lipstick because it would match their eyes anymore. Um, but yeah, there was like, there was a lot of sales goals that like came along with the art, um, aspect of it too. So I didn't just get to do makeup. It was like retail on top of that. But I do give Mac a lot of credit because they do, um, a pretty intense training when you first get hired. So everyone is trained and they go through this like extensive program where you learn color matching and, you know, how to mask textured skin and what mascara is good for different eye shapes and all of that kind of stuff. So I feel like that was probably like my first formal training. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, it was, it was really fun. And then once I decided to go back to school, I knew I was going to do it full time. So then I took a step back from Mac and I knew like, once I finished school, I was going to go down to LA and pursue it full time. I, I was, uh, I was all or nothing. So I was like, if I'm going to do this, I want to figure out quickly if it's going to work or if, if this is really what I'm supposed to be doing. So I graduated, I packed my stuff and I told my parents I was moving down to LA. I think I had like, did you do school up here? Yeah. I went to, I went to what's called Hossley and it's actually here in Rockland. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It was, it was so fun. Like, That's so cool. So did you just like come, you moved back up here because you went to school in I Arizona was, before? Yep. So I went to school in Arizona and then I moved back up here. I lived with my parents while I was working at Mac and went to school. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. realize that. So okay. yes, they were, they were very, very supportive. They took in a, um, a third roommate while I was going through all of this. So, but I, you know, I had like, I had a plan. I wasn't yeah. just like, okay, That's let's totally see where this goes. Plan, yeah. Um, you know, I, I like to think of myself as someone who thinks long-term about mm-hmm. things. Okay. Yes. Day-to-day tasks, but where is this leading me long-term? So for me, it was like Mac was the first step. Then the next step was going to school if I was serious. And, and in that sense, it was comforting for my parents too. Like if I was going to move down to LA and pursue makeup full-time worst case scenario, I have my degree. I can go get a job. I have my license. I can go into any salon and get a job. So yeah. I had that as almost like a, a couple fallback. Back. Yeah. yeah. Like I had a plan B in case plan A didn't work. Um, and it was more like solution, like problem solving, um, in order to get where I need to go because you know, not everything happens the way you think it does, which is why we get unorganized and lost sometimes. So <laughs> I was, uh, to say the least, very unorganized and lost at that age, like for sure. But I, I tried to keep my ducks in a row as much as I could. So moved on to LA. Um, I had a few jobs lined up there. I would assist anybody I could. I would take any job that was offered to me, even if it was for nothing. How did you get into, um, like why LA and like who, what were your connections in LA? Um, so LA, I just knew it was either going to be New York or LA. Like if you want to do professional makeup, that's kind of where you have to be. Uh Um, so to me, that knew it wasn't like, I don't want weddings. I don't want like, yeah, I I actually did a lot of weddings when I moved down to LA. I tried to actually my, my like sorority sisters and people that I met in college, I ended up doing a lot of weddings for them because when I was in the area, that was my like network base at the time. Mm-hmm. So once people found out I was started doing makeup, they were like, Oh, you know, would you do my wedding makeup? And I was like, okay, this is a great money supplement for the time being until I can, um, you know, work my way up and get some bigger paychecks. And, um, so yeah, I actually did a fair share. I did my fair share of weddings in LA. Absolutely. And, yeah. um, you kind of just have to pick up whatever jobs you can, whether they're things that you're not so thrilled about. Like I don't get me wrong. I like doing weddings. I think it's always great to be creative with makeup. Um, but I really liked being, you know, on set and behind the scenes and, um, doing the red carpet stuff. That was like always where I felt the most alive. So that's so cool. um, It's give and take with, with any job. I think you need to do some things that you don't want to do in order to achieve the things that you do want to do. So that's so fascinating because I feel like it's one of those things like especially not being in the makeup world at mm-hmm. all like I never knew how to do makeup my mm-hmm. mom was a to- like tomboy like I had brothers whatever but um even being in video like I never really thought that big picture where it was like thinking of on sets and right. um red carpets and things like that and it's so fascinating to know that that was your goal. Like that's what you were planning. And was that something that you thought of even before school or like, did school kind of put that in your brain or like, how did you like kind of think that through? Is that something that you just always thought about? Yeah. I, 
That's an interesting question. So I think- Was it people you followed too? Yeah, that's a huge part of it too. That's a really, really good point. So I think growing up, I just always liked stage. Like I was Mm. a dancer and I liked theater. I was obsessed with Broadway. Um, So I think I really liked- the camaraderie that came along with like stage and and movies and TV. And so I think if I was going to pursue it full time, that was going to be my goal. Um, yeah. So going to LA, those were the jobs I was after. Got it. If that answers your question. No, it does. That's, I just find it so fascinating because again, it's, um, I wouldn't have thought that through. And so like hearing it, like that was kind of your background and things that you probably didn't realize where your background really all came together in a weird beautiful way. Yeah. It's yeah. I've never thought about it like that, but I don't get me wrong. I like love doing glam just for fun and doing makeup. And I think the structure of the face, but I also like seeing it from, you know, a monitor when you're filming something or like a stage when you're from far away, I always liked the artistic side of it. So I think that was always what you know, kept me going and kept me moving towards those types of jobs. That's so cool. Yeah. So what landed you your first big break or like your first big? Oh, um, my first big job, I would say I, so when I first got to LA, I went from, um, an agency to an agency to an agency, just basically showing my face, introducing myself, saying, my name is Emily Jimison. I just moved to LA. I'm a makeup artist. I'd love to assist any of your key makeup artists. And a key makeup artist is like the main makeup artist on a shoot or a film or, um, and these agencies were the communicators between the artist and the people booking these shows. So, um, I'd go in and try to make an impression and be like, I will work for free. I will work for very little money. Um, I just want these jobs and I want to be exposed to this industry so I can make connections and, you know, eventually work my way up to paying jobs. So, um, I think my first big job in LA was, um, I got to do Kate Hudson's Halloween party and I was, Oh God, I was like over the moon. I was like, are you, are you sure you called the right person? Like, it was, it was too cool. So you did Kate Hudson or like everybody at the party? Like- I did Goldie Hawn actually, but I got to assist, um, a, an a, a incredible makeup artist. Her name's Melanie Inglesias, and I got to assist her. And, um, so I was working under her and she had me do Goldie and she did Kate and it was, it was pretty cool. That's insane. That is like a time in my career. I'll look back and be like, wow, I, that was awesome. I, that's don't think I would have so ever cool. expected that to have happened, but it was, that's it was incredible. so fun. That's was so, so fun. cool. Um, so moving forward, was that kind of like a big eye opening? Like, oh my gosh, like I can actually do this. Like I'm starting Definitely. to make more connections and I'm starting to do bigger people or just not even bigger people, but just like having more opportunities with people that yeah. you were go- going after, I guess. I think it was almost like a taste of it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is tangible. Like if I keep going and keep putting in the hard work that I have been and showing up for these, you know, random jobs here and there. Um, and sometimes you didn't even know, like sometimes I would show up to jobs and they'd be like, okay, it's a client, but we can't tell you who the client is. And we'd show up and you didn't find out until you got there. So your kit had to be like totally ready with every possible makeup. Oh my god! You know, scenario you could do like from blue glitter to, every shade of foundation, you just like had to have it on you. So I oh, spent a lot so of time. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I spent a lot of time like researching and playing with makeup. And I feel like that <clears throat> ended up being kind of what spearheaded me into like, you know, the next phase of life was I got to play and experiment with so many products that I felt like I had my hands on almost all of it. And I got to work with so many different skin types and, and ethnicities and, you know, people with different styles and, like different makeup trends. So it was cool for me to kind of be exposed to so many different styles. I enjoyed it. It was so fun. That's so cool. So like when you're going to style someone, so sometimes you don't even know who it is, let alone what they're wearing. Do Mm -hmm. you sit down and like talk with them and like kind of figure out what they're wearing and what they're thinking? That's actually my favorite part. Oh, that's so cool. That's my favorite part for sure. Um, cause I guess the way I like to look at it is like, it's an entire look, right? It's not me just coming in and doing what I want to do when it comes to makeup. Like I do like to see what they're wearing. I like to see how they're wearing their hair. Um, I kind of like to tie it in. Like if you're doing something super wild with your hair, you know, sometimes like a super soft, you know, chic 
makeup look is kind of what can tie it all in or mm-hmm. vice versa. Or yeah. if you're wearing like a crazy dress, you don't want to take away from the dress. So like very understated makeup or vice versa. I don't know. But that's, that's my so favorite cool. part is to like, t- I feel like makeup can like tie everything in. And that was a really fun part for me. That's so exciting. So have you ever gotten to style people's hair and like the whole look? Yeah. Um, I, I definitely would not say I'm like a stylist. Like I don't do fashion. Yeah. Um, I've like advised, like people will give me options and be like, which do you think is best? And like, how could you see the hair or makeup turning out? And I'll give options and sometimes they'll go with it and sometimes they'll put their own spin on it. And, but yeah, I, I, that is so fun for me to like see, uh, like a look come to life from beginning to end and tie in everything all together and just see how it looks when it, when it's all finished. That's so cool. So obviously there's a difference between a Halloween party or a, um, on like on camera makeup. So is that like such a fascinating thing as well? Like Mm -hmm. how much makeup, what you're doing, like everything you need to like accentuate and stuff for different things. Yeah. Like Halloween makeup is super fun because you get to be creative and do avant-garde and stuff that's not normal everyday makeup. Mm -hmm. Um, and same with red carpets sometimes too, and movies and that kind of stuff. It, when you get handed a task where it's not your everyday makeup, it's almost like a challenge to come up with something creative and, and cool and not your average everyday style. That's kind of what makes it more artsy, if you will. So, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, Halloween is always fun cause you get to be different things and try new looks and different makeup tips and whatnot, but. Did you ever have a client that just didn't like what you did and you had to redo it completely or like they just seemed like it was like not what they pictured or just had like really difficult clients in the in yeah like going through it? Um, I wouldn't say I, I've never had anybody be like, oh my God, take this off. But uh, okay. I mean, of course, and I feel yeah. like I try to be pretty open. I'm someone who I, I really appreciate feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, I always ask like, what would you change? What would you do differently? What do you like? Maybe find one or two things that you aren't as happy with and we can kind of alter and go from there and I don't think you're gonna nail it every single time I think that's the beauty of people having different tastes and style is you get to learn multiple styles from a very diverse crowd so um I I don't take you know feedback offensively I almost take it as like a learning tool Mm -hmm. and apply it to future makeup applications or whatever um, but no, I've never had anybody be like, oh, this is horrible. Take it off. But of course people here and there are going to be like, oh, we fixed this. Maybe we could do this differently or, but that's how you learn. Yeah. That's, that had to have taught you to ask more questions probably before as well. Like totally. being like, you're probably not good. Like, do you want this? Or? Yeah. So you've obviously worked with some pretty big names and, um, I feel like you had like a, in my opinion, a very, very successful career and what you've been doing as a professional, um, makeup artist. And now you own your own company, seven, seven cosmetics. So explain to us kind of that step from working with these huge names like Jason Aldean and everybody else, and then kind of still doing that, but also being your own entrepreneur in a new way and having your own business. Yeah. Um, so, I think I, in a more like creative context, like pulling from the creativity aspect of it, um, being an entrepreneur kind of came easy to me because I like being creative. I was like, okay, how can I develop something where, you know, I saw this hole in the market and I really wanted to find something that was like multifunctional. And, um, so the first product I made was our finishing mist, which is a setting spray and, I was using these setting sprays and I was thinking to myself, like, why are they so heavy? Or like, why do they set this way? Or why do they make you feel so tight? Um, I wanted to find a setting spray that was not only going to keep your makeup on, but was going to offer you skin benefits as well and be healthy for your skin and something that someone could use every single day. And that didn't exist at the time. So I just did a lot of research and problem solving. I was like, okay, how can I make this happen? Like, what if I mix this and this together? Like, will it give you the same outcome? Um, So I think just like trying and failing millions of times uh, was the first step. Like I met a chemist and that was kind of like my first step in 
you know, making this a real thing. And I was like, okay, I'll just, you know, do it for fun. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And, um, I think we tried like 19 different samples. And finally I was like, okay, this is exactly what I wanted. Like this works perfectly. And it's like, oh gosh, now I have to do something with it. So then so was your original plan just to use it for yourself. Like you were just like, I need this. Or was your plan? Like I'm starting this business. Like I found this whole, this market. I might as well make my own product as well. Yeah. I think like the entrepreneur in me for sure was like, I want to give the world an easier solution to skincare and makeup. I awesome. I think I saw it as, you know, from the makeup perspective, like I saw it from the professional aspect, but then I also saw it from the consumer's aspect because I don't surprisingly wear a lot of makeup. I like to take care of my skin, but these ingredients and these products that, um, you know, they just seem very complicated to the everyday user. Mm -hmm. um, like most people look to makeup artists and professionals to understand how to use these things. But why, why is that? Like, why can't we just pick up a product and be like, oh, like this is what it does and this is what's in it, what's in it. And like, I I'm going to be able to use this every day and be able to understand what it's doing. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of like my whole concept. And Tying in the setting spray, it was like, okay, these need to be multifunctional products that are good for you. Um, you know, they're healthy for you. They're effective. They actually do something for your skin. And I felt like that was kind of missing. Like I wanted to minimize the whole process and simplify the whole thing. And that's kind of how we came up with skincare for the minimalist because I'm a minimalist. I know that there's lots of other people out there who like just want to do their skincare. Me, they just want to get ready. <laughs> That's and why I they all your don't <laughs> right and, and it's like they don't want to deal with all of the fuss that comes with like the trends and um the ingredients that are you know super popular right now or they don't want to go through a 14 step skincare routine they just want to put one or two things on and take care of their skin and call it a day and Absolutely. i was one of those people so i felt like that kind of fueled that fire that's amazing so explain what how like you came up with the name 77 Okay. So seven, seven is my birthday, July 7th, but, um, I've always been into numerology and seven has just been like a lucky number my whole life. And it means completeness and transparency. And, um, one of the bigger roots of it is uh, truth seeking. And so I felt like that really tied into what I was trying to develop. Like I wanted to create a brand that was very transparent, direct, straightforward, um, something that you could use to like complete yourself and to do self-care for yourself as opposed to for other people. Um, like beauty is such a concept that is like ever changing. And for me, I really wanted to like challenge the word beauty. And um, I really think it comes from within like everybody's vision of beauty is very, very different. Mm -hmm. Like what makes you happy? What makes you feel beautiful? Yeah. Like self-care is you know, something that you do for yourself and it's not something that you do for other people to view you a certain way. And that was kind of something I really wanted to tie into the brand. I love that. So once you kind of figured all that out, now you have to do like branding and marketing and mm -hmm. like you have the product is like, how much do you order? Like who do you order from? What's the packaging look like? Was that just exciting or scary or what was that like? Because I mean, I guess you did have a little bit of business aspect in the Mac world, which is kind of nice that they yeah. kind of taught you how to sell and kind of taught you a little bit of the retail sense, but like you're on your own now, <laughs> not yeah. really, but like it's your decision. So totally all of the above. Um, I like to think of myself as like resourceful, mm -hmm. like I, I, you know, everybody has good qualities and bad qualities. And that is like one that I stand behind. I'm like, I am resourceful. I like to problem solve and figure things out. So, um, Google was my best friend. Yeah. Like I would just sit and Google and call people and ask questions. And I was not afraid to just call someone for them to be like, why are you calling me? Like that didn't bother me. So I'd call oh, awesome. these chemists or I'd call these companies and be like, or like, uh, other business owners, like other skincare owners and be like, would you mind like telling me how you, how you did this and just ask them questions. And some people were totally willing and some people were, you know, unresponsive. So, um, I think it just took a lot of digging and I found a way to hire and contract people who were smarter 
than me in those aspects. Like, sure, I'm creative, but I'm not a graphic designer. I don't yeah. know how to design a label. I don't know all the regulations and and whatnot. So actually a girl I went to college with from day one, um, I hired her to do all of my graphic design and labeling and she's still with us today. And she is just quite literally one of the most talented people in the whole world. And I That's could not amazing. have, yeah, she's amazing. I could not have figured this all out without her. So she had a little bit of experience. So she really helped me with like the whole labeling process and package design. And, um, from there I had to like source bottling and, um, you know, the chemists and the manufacturers were really good with that aspect too, because they've done it before. Yeah. You know, I wasn't their first client. They have lists and lists and lists of people who have done the same thing. So, um, I just, I just wasn't afraid to ask questions. So I, continued to just ask anything and everything that popped into my head. That's amazing. So one thing I've randomly noticed about your products is that a lot of them are, um, small enough to fly with. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming you thought that through because you're someone who's always on the road, but I literally would like went to look, I was going to travel one time and I wanted to bring the finishing spray and I was like, I wonder if I could fly with this. And I look at it, it's the exact amount you can fly with. And I went, she thought that through. <laughs> I can't take credit for that one. Um, <laughs> it's a four ounce bottle, right? Yeah. So um, when I was developing the product, they were like, okay, so the trick is maybe you just fill it a little bit less than the four ounces so you can technically label it as 3.4 and people can travel with it. We do have a few products that you can't travel with, but that's like the Bass series yeah. and you know things that you could sub out. Um, yeah. But yeah, I definitely kept that in mind. I was like, these need to be things that people can keep in their makeup bag and just take from point A to point B. And flying was definitely in that scenario. Yeah, because I assume if you have to fly to your clients and you can't bring yep. your own finishing spray. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, guys, can't actually bring 7-7 seven, seven with me. No 7-7 no yeah. seven, seven on you today. <laughs> yeah, that would have been bad, right? Get there and I'm like, oh, I don't even have it. So um, another thing that I really admire about you is that um, you obviously have some pretty big clients and you're become friends with all these people and, um, you also support them and they have their own beauty lines. Not that like, it's super com like this, it's not the same, but it's some of it can be. And I think it's so cool that you take the time to, um, also support your friends and support other people in something yeah. that some people would almost look as a competitive aspect. And I just think that's so fascinating. So how, what is it like being in that realm and kind of being able to share it with other people and kind of see what they're doing and what you're doing, even though if it might be a little different, but it's still the kind of the same area mm -hmm. of work. Yeah. I think you, the way you said it was perfect. You hit the nail on the head. It's, it's sharing. Like, I think it's cool to share these experiences with people that are also going through them. Like, yeah, a lot of them are celebrities and, and they live a much different life, but you know, at the end of the day, they're just people and they're business owners. And so it's fun to like go back and forth and, and hear about their business and, you know, share tips with each other and give each other feedback from like a different perspective. And I, I am someone who I feel like I just don't have time to surround myself with people who don't want to like encourage and be supportive. And I feel like there's room for everyone to be successful. So and, and not every, everybody's doing the same thing. Like my brand is not going to be the exact same as anybody else. And that's what makes your brand unique. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think there's, if you want to be successful, like the opportunity is yours. Yeah. And so I think to watch my friends be successful and, and dive into this world too is, is really cool. That's so awesome. Yeah. Um, so I guess another thing is, so you have seven, seven, what's it been like um, with clients? Like, are you still working with clients? Are you still in that professional makeup world or what's that all like juggling in both of them? Yeah. So I, I went full time with seven, seven. I do it, um, you know, seven days a week. Now <laughs> I am a full blown full-time entrepreneur. Now, um, I do makeup here and there for like bigger jobs. And what's great about that is it still gives me like my creative outlet. It still allows me to do makeup and, you know, play with other products and get ready once in a while and not just like sit behind a computer. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a much different lifestyle. Like I'm definitely on the business side of things now, as opposed to flying and doing makeup. So, um, it's been interesting for sure. Yeah. Being in an office instead of moving around all the time. Totally. So what was like that? Like, cause I know some of the background of things where you kind of got last minute calls to go to these different places. Like what was it like being a professional makeup artist 
full time. It was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was absolutely insane. I mean, yeah, I would get calls like the night before and be like, you have to be in New York tomorrow at 6am. And I'd be like, okay, I guess I'm on my way to the airport. And it it was just wild. Like, do they book your flights? How does that work? Usually it just depends on the job. Sometimes they'll book it. Sometimes I'll book it and get reimbursed. And it's just, yeah, it kind of depends on the job. And that's the deal of being a freelancer and a contractor is some jobs are, you know, you're totally taken care of. And some jobs they are like, I need you here now, like get on a plane. Um, so it was, did you forget to pack things all the time? All the time. All the time I would forget stuff. Were you ever just like out with your friends and get a call and be like, yes. Oh my gosh. I have to go home and sober up and get a flight. Yes. (laughs) I remember, um, I was like on a trip with, uh, my fiance and his family and I got a call like mid hike. Stop. Yeah. And I had to like go home and figure out what was going to happen, but it's lots of that. And I don't do a whole lot of that anymore. I feel like that was very wonderful for the first decade of my career, but, and, um, like I would still do it if it was a big enough job and, you know, it was very important and, um, I'd, I'd probably find a way to make it happen, but now I'm a lot more selective with, you know, prioritizing jobs because this is what I want to be doing full time. That's so crazy. What was your like most insane, like quick turnaround that you probably had to do? Um, Oh, I mean, I used to go to New York for 12 hours or, you know, Nashville for four hours. Like I would literally go touch down, go do makeup, go back, like not even stay. It was crazy. It was a gypsy life for sure, but I couldn't be more grateful. Like I'm so grateful for all of those experiences because I feel like I, I got to experience my twenties in such a fun way. That's so crazy. I think one time I... Flew to Nashville the same day I flew to LA, did a job that night and then took a red eye to New York. And that's just like one that comes, comes to my head. It was was crazy there for a while. Do you just sleep on the plane? Can you sleep on planes? I'm, I can't sleep on planes. I wish that I could. I was, I was absolutely dead. Do you get first class or they coach you up there? Uh, It just depends on, again, depends on the job, but most, I really like to fly Southwest. I I love Southwest. I do too. Underrated. (laughs) I'm just comfortable on Southwest. Like I'm A-list preferred. I get to go to the front of the line. (laughs) I'm A-list preferred. I'm A-list preferred. That like, come on. That means I get to go to the airport like 30 minutes later. It's great. (laughs) And I'd rather be, I'd rather spend less time at the airport and be in a regular seat than have to spend more time at the airport and be in first class like that's so funny yeah I feel like that's like so how we all grew up oh yeah I'm A-list preferred is like A-list preferred baby I have made it um I'm a professional makeup artist and my biggest thing is I am A-list preferred preferred. I'm telling you I get free wi-fi it's 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 a a, big deal it's a dream I'm living it you don't have to check in they do it for you they do it for you it's so nice (laughs) I'm telling you that extra 30 minutes that you don't have to be at the airport is like just key for me I feel like there are two types of people and it's the people who get to the airport three hours early and the people that get there like 10 minutes before hundred percent. And I'm definitely that person too. Yep. My, well, my dad forced me into that because he usually brought me to the airport. <laughs> and so I didn't really have an option to be there two hours early. He'd oh, be like, gosh. we're fine. There was one time I was getting on a plane. I don't even remember where I was going, probably San Diego. And we're on the freeway still mm-hmm. 15 minutes away from the airport or no, we're, I think we're about to get off the freeway to the airport. Okay. And my flight takes off in 15 minutes and I forgot to check in. And so you can't check in online anymore. And so I literally had to not only check in, but this is when we had the new airport or the new, oh the gosh. new terminal. So you had to get on a tram to get through security, which thank God I had, um, what's it called? T- uh, TSA pre-check. Oh yeah. That's yeah. another, that's another flex right there is TSA pre-check. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that cool. I uh, my that. friend, my friend went to the airport with me one time and we got there early and we were, she's like, I'm going to do it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Best thing I've ever done. Anyways, yeah. I literally walk up to the terminal and they are like to my whatever. And they were like, and now boarding a, and I was like, nice. Perfect. <laughs> I've never been happier. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And I know so many people are like, I could never. And I'm like, I mean, Oh no, I get on it. Like the last person on, I still had 20 minutes to be yeah. C. I was like probably a or B and it was like, I still got into my yeah. section, but 
I I think it's safe to say I have traveling down. I think the closest I've cut it, I got to the airport 19 minutes before a flight one time and, and made it. So I've missed a few flights too. Oh, really? If I'm being perfectly honest. I'm knock on wood because I never have. Yeah. It's, I almost did, but <clears> I, I swindled my way through everything. and was like, ah. <laughs> traveling's hard though. It's like it, it takes a toll on your body after a while. Yeah. But I figured I, like at that point I had it down to a science and. Yeah. I guess you did a lot, more, possible. a lot more flying than I did, especially like um, nationally. So I, I couldn't even imagine how many flights I would have missed if I was in your shoes. Yeah. I'm grateful for it now though. I'm like a pro. Yeah. Well, especially like if you don't know the area, cause like, I feel like going to Sacramento airport, like we have it down to a mm-hmm. T, you know, like, you know, when you're going to hit traffic, you know, when not to drive, like whatever, but mm-hmm. you know how long the tram takes. It's like two minutes exactly or something <laughs> silly, but yeah, I feel like I would probably not do well in other airports. I mean, my business was literally started because of how unorganized the last one I traveled. So it, it could be part it, of it. Yep. We need a whole section just based off of unorganized and lost while traveling. Oh my gosh. Yes, I do. My friend actually told me that I needed to do an episode on um, why people should travel. And I'm like, I probably shouldn't be the one doing it. Wait, I swear by that. And I swear I'm just, I'm not just saying this. Like I will force my kids to travel. Oh, I feel like that is just how you become independent that's how you find yourself that's how you learn about yourself like traveling with someone is the is the best way to figure out who someone is because you just are in an element that's not yours and you're not comfortable and you're forced to try new things and do new things and oh god well I was talking to somebody the other day and they were saying how they would like never go out to dinner alone. And I'm like, Oh my God, I have had, I had a so many, the same thing. I, I, I've had so many meals by myself. Like, I don't know if I, I literally said this. I don't know if I could do dinner alone in my hometown. Okay. Like here, yeah. uh, maybe that anywhere else yeah. down, especially a bar sitting at a bar by yourself. Right? Oh, you meet the coolest people. I've met so many cool people sitting at a bar alone. Uh, yeah. To be fair, I'm an extrovert, so I don't, like I like to talk to people, yeah, but I think too. it's so interesting. Be, like yeah. you, you said it best. Like I would just go on Yelp. Like Yelp was my best friend. It still is. When I, when I travel, I, I go on Yelp. Use Yelp. I'm so bad. Yelp is key when traveling. And I look up the best restaurants in the area, best bar in the area Smart. or best Italian food or whatever you want to do. And I'll go post myself up and I will just like, I, I call it my treat yourself days. Like if I I go on a trip and I'm totally by myself, I'm like, well, if I'm eating dinner alone, like I'm going to eat good. I'm going to do this right. Like I'm going to get, um, you know, I'm going to get a pasta or we're going to get the appetizer. I'm going to get get two desserts (laughs) and I'm just going to go for it. So it's funny. I always uh, joke about how when I, you travel by yourself or you go to re- a restaurant by yourself or a movie by yourself, it turns into like treat yourself oh, because absolutely, you know, you get to, you got to make a, you got to make light of being alone. So absolutely. I've actually bring wa- fun to the table. I just realized I've actually walked into a bar, didn't like the vibes and left. I have a hundred percent done that I'm as like, well. Mm-mm. I was like, this isn't the place I'm going like, to meet interesting people. I don't yep. like this at all. And I'll dip. I have totally done that too. <laughs> Telling you, traveling, traveling and being alone and forcing yourself to meet new people is the key to life, in my opinion. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. I've met so many incredible people just sitting like, or like on airplanes. Yeah. I met some lady who was a nanny or like just grew up in just such a completely different way than I did. Like Mm -hmm. she goes, yeah. So like during summer when I was in high school, um, I'd convinced my dad to like, let me go to a different country during the summer. And like one time he was like, not going to let me. So I told him I was going to go to France and learn French for the summer. Uh And so I just like never got classes and just travel around France for a month by myself and learned French. And I went, at 16 I was like my parents wouldn't let me go to San Francisco by myself at 16 like what oh my gosh like who is she I need to call her and get some tips because my parents would be like "Mm." yeah no shot yeah Um, she can't even go to Nevada like chill out over there yeah (laughs) but yeah she was so I honestly wish I could have gotten her number she had like a beach I don't know she was had a decent she she was pretty loaded she had a maid and yeah 100 well she had more more than one house she had like one in the hamptons and like she was explaining how they go there during whatever weather and then they go back to new york and then if her daughter got good grades then she got to pick wherever she wanted to go for spring break which meant literally anywhere and i'm like like saint tropez like yeah you got got a b plus this semester we're going to yeah if you get all a's and i was like i feel like i probably (laughs) would have been better at school like yep 
if you're gonna if you're gonna bribe me with a trip yeah. to literally anywhere in the world actually i probably that still may have at uh that was that would have been a bribery that could have worked on me for sure. I don't know. Actually, now that I said it loud, I don't know if I would have. My parents literally have always said they, if someone would have told them I would have traveled as much as I did, especially like in high school, they would have been like, no shot. I was <laughs> such a baby. Like I had literally was like scared, I think, of everything. Yeah. I think everybody starts that way, right? Like if you don't travel very much, it's kind of a scary thing. Oh, yeah. I just did a podcast, I don't know, last one or one before. Oh yeah. I think it was the jealousy one. And I was basically saying how like I could never travel. I don't know how my friend, you know, got on a train in Mm -hmm. France and like went around Europe and I'm like, then you travel and you go, yeah, it's not that hard. You literally just get on a train. Like it's so easy. Right. And so it's so funny when you haven't done it, it's like all of a sudden you get into that world and it's just, yeah, you could tie, you could kind of tie that in with like business and relationships and a lot of aspects of life, but it's like, just because you're not familiar with something or you don't feel comfortable doing something doesn't mean you shouldn't pursue it. Yeah, absolutely. Like just because you the don't fear know of the unknown. Yeah, like just because you don't know the outcome does not mean that it's like not made for you or not something yeah. that you should dive into because you're scared or or fearful that you might go to Europe and not know how to travel by yourself. But like what if you do go and you have the best time or Yeah. What if you do pursue that job and you find that that's your calling or you know ask that person out and figure out that's the person you're supposed to be with. There's someone yeah. who's going to like bring something super magical to your life. And you just don't know if you don't pursue it. So never let fear. What's the quote from um, that Hillary Duff movie? Never They're let like, the fear of striking out never, keep you from playing the game. <laughs> never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. Um, oh, oh my gosh. So funny. So another thing that I wanted to bring up with you is um, I know being in the world that you're in it's very glamorous and very um exciting and just very um very glamorous is a great way to explain it Mm -hmm. and I feel like from the outside it's like oh my god she's so lucky like so lucky and I know trust me I hate hate when people (laughs) use that term but how I I had to I have to feel like a lot of people might have said that to you like what was that like when you're like I worked really hard for this um yeah you know I think everybody's career path is different. I, I feel really lucky that I have been surrounded by, I feel lucky. Like I, yeah, yeah, I feel really lucky because I think I've been surrounded by people who encourage me to pursue happiness, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is something that I love to do and people around me can see that. Um, like my parents, my fiance, my siblings, my friend group, they all, are on the same page and they want me to succeed. So I think it's really easy to, you know, go after something or pursue something when you have everybody behind you telling you that like, you're, you're going to make it or you're, yeah. you're going to be okay. Yeah. So I think first of all, I have to say like, I am very grateful for that. I know not everybody yeah. um, is in that position. Yeah. I do think I'm a hard worker for sure. Yeah. Like not in every aspect of life. I have no problem admitting that. Like I'm, I don't work very hard in the, in the yard. Like those are things that I don't know. I just, I feel so passionate about what I do. It's, it's easy to work hard. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean what I do is easy. There's challenges every day. Like if I'm being perfectly transparent today, I woke up and I'm like, yes, you're, you're making strides. You are, making steps, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and you still somehow feel lost sometimes. And I'm just trying to be as transparent as possible. Like you still have, it's just funny to hear people say that sometimes, like you say she's lucky, but just to bring like light to the scenario. And even if this helps one person, like I'll feel okay saying it, it's just not always linear. Like it's not, every day is not happy and positive. Like I, I try to put a positive spin on things and think like I changed my mindset to what is this teaching me as opposed to like, why is this happening to me? Yeah. And I just have to be okay with the fact that I'm not going to wake up every single day and be like, yes, like this is so wonderful all the time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's challenging. Sometimes it's like, okay, you, you question what you're doing. You question, um, like what you're investing in, what are your goals long-term? Like, I think I just always have to come back to why I started yeah. and what my goal is. And you just have to like keep moving. Yeah. 
Like you just can't let fear creep in and scare you out of something that you love. Yeah. And that's what it boils down to. Yeah. So another reason why I brought that up is because a while ago we were talking and you were talking about someone bringing up that, oh, you're so lucky. Cause I mean, I've had that too. It's like someone says you're so lucky for whatever job you're in, like how mm -hmm. I, you got into video editing or whatever. And, um, you said a quote about, um, opportunity and luck. Do you remember this quote? Oh yeah. Um, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And yeah. I, I totally stand behind that. Like I, I don't ever feel like I'm a hundred percent ready to do anything. Yeah. I've had to jump off cliffs that I wasn't ready to jump off. Yeah, absolutely. And you just have to go sometimes. Um, so I, I feel like that is an aspect of it, but preparation meets opportunity. It's like when an opportunity is handed to you, um, all the work that you've been doing leading up to that opportunity, you know, it finally collides and yeah. that's when you're able to achieve what you want to achieve. So um, I think you just got to keep moving and keep practicing like the end goal is inevitable. Like the yeah. end goal is success. And if you know that and you keep working day to day, the hard days aren't as hard because you, because you can still rationalize and, and tell yourself like, okay, we're, we're moving towards the goal. We are moving yeah. towards the long-term plan. And I think that's what matters at the end of the day. Absolutely. And I think that's like a, like on both sides of it is reminding people that if you ever feel like someone's saying like, oh, you're so lucky. It's like, no, you like, remember you did work hard for this. Even if there's probably aspects that you had to step forward in whatever mm -hmm. way, there's a lot of people I know that were literally born into the richest, most, what you would picture as the most successful family. And they right. are so low right now and have gone through so many hardships that they were technically should have been successful because they had everything going for them. And so there's like, yes, you might've had to step forward in certain ways, but to remember that you still had to put things in action. Yeah. Like not everything was hand, you had to work hard to get there. I think is like such a good reminder for people. Right. And also if you're working hard and nothing's happening, that doesn't mean it's not going to. Right. Cause I think that's a thing that, you know, I need to remind myself every day. It's like, mm -hmm. just because it's not there yet is not mean that it's not going to. It's very easy to dish advice. It's never easy to take it. Yeah. It's like, it's very easy. You know, like we were talking about this before we started the podcast and, you know, genuinely we were having an honest conversation about what we were doing and, and how it affects daily life. But for me, it's very easy to say to you, like, keep going. Like you're doing a great thing. Like you're helping people, you're exposing people to advice and, and words from people that will make a difference in their lives. So it's very easy for me to say that to you, but I know coming from another person, it's, it's hard to like retain it, Yeah, but you're right. I think that's a good point. We all need to do a little bit of a better job of having like faith and confidence in ourselves. Like I'm doing this for a reason. It's teaching me something. And even though the, the instant gratification isn't happening right now. Yeah. It's going to someday if I continue putting in the hard work. In the comparison game. Because I think that's oh. kind of another reason why I want to start the podcast was that we all compare ourselves so much or see like, mm -hmm. like you just said, where it seems like, oh, you're so, 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 so successful and that it's everything's going so smoothly and it's glamorous. And you're like, there are days that it's really hard. And I yep. know that it doesn't matter who you are. Everyone's an organized loss. There are always days, totally. even if you're the CEO of a company that is like what the epitome of success, the biggest company in the world, they're still thinking of their next plan, right. regardless of where they are now, they're still their money and their like cliffs might be a little bit different than ours, yeah. but they're still having to make that jump and having to take those risks. And they're still an organized loss getting there. Yeah, totally. I, I don't think something I've learned is that like success doesn't always mean money. Mm -hmm. Like a successful business to me now is like, are you making an impact? Are you staying in the green? Like, yes, of course you want to stay in the green, but like, what are you trying to do? Like, what's yeah. your MO here? Are you accomplishing that? Yes or no? Are people talking about it? Like, are you getting your message out there? And is the root of why you started this company being fulfilled? And that's kind of like what I've started to look at instead like, I think you nailed it too. I'm sure Jeff Bezos wakes up certain days and is like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, how did I get here? Yeah. And sometimes it just all happens so fast that you kind of forget to like relish in the success of it. Yeah. So I think something that's really helped me and I hope this helps other people as well is that everyone has bad days. 
every single person, like no business is just positive all the time. Yeah. Like you're going to have days where you question everything and wonder if this is the right thing you're supposed to be doing. Like, do you sacrifice personal happiness for the success of your business or relationships or, or whatever it is, but you just have to trust that what you're doing is going to benefit your happiness in the long run. That's amazing. So that actually brings up a good point. So for you, have you ever had issues, um, with people not understanding your, um, goal or your mission statement? Yeah. Or have you done a really good job of kind of like displaying that mission statement to people? Well, mission statement. Yes. Like I do think, uh, the world I live in is very saturated, of course. But again, like I said, I do think that there's room for everyone to be successful. You just have to innovate in a different way. You have to come up with something that someone else hasn't already done. You have to find a way to stay relevant and go back to your why and kind of develop it in a more unique way. So it hits people differently. Um, So you think people are taking like your message correctly, I guess. So I guess, so to give you an example. So with unorganized and lost, when I first started it, people took it almost more as a negative and as like a, oh, you're just like, you're all over the place or you're like whatever. And it was more like, no, it's more about, it's okay to be unorganized Mm -hmm. and lost. Like people that are successful, important people are unorganized and lost and that's okay. It's not like this party or like negative thing. And I feel like it was almost like this loud negative thing in a Mm -hmm. way. And so I like really had to revamp how I was expressing the message, I guess. And so I didn't know if you ever had any issues with that. Um, I'm not sure the messaging, like I think branding is really important when you start a company, like you really need to hone in on like keywords and does your messaging and wording fit into your brand and what you're trying to relay. Um, yeah, I think, I think what you're doing is super cool though, because everybody is unorganized and lost and there is a way to, um, take these, like what people would call negative words and put a, uh, like a positive spin on them and, um, normalize them in a sense. Yeah. Like people associate failure with a negative thing. And I don't look at that word that way anymore. Like my perspective on the word failure has totally changed. Like I see not a failed opportunity, but like an opportunity that didn't pan out the way I wanted to. I don't see that as failure anymore. I see that as a learning experience, as a opportunity for growth. Yeah. Like crappy things happen all the time. It's inevitable. Life is not perfect, but how are you going to learn from these things that are happening? So being unorganized and lost, like, sure, you might not associate those two words with positive terms, but everybody is organized and lost to a certain extent. Like, how are we going to put a spin? How are we going to put a positive spin on us being unorganized? And how are we going to use that to get organized type of thing? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, um, I think your packaging does such a good job of it because it, it shows the simplicity of the packaging shows the simplicity of the product. Yeah. And I think you did such a good job at the beginning to get that message out there where people really understood it. And I think that's something that people can learn from where it's like, I didn't do that at first. And I realized like, oh my gosh, like I need to, I'm not wording this right. And I think that's why it's such a hard time in the beginning of my business was trying to understand like, I'm not getting my message out right. Like I'm not, mm-hmm. I need to take a second and like figure out how to get it out right. And once I finally figured that out, that's where I like saw yeah. a different path with it. I'm glad you're sharing that because I think it's important to share experiences like that. Oh yeah. Um, I've, I've changed packaging multiple times because I felt the opposite. I'm like, I don't feel like this, um, is relaying what I want to relay. And so I've made a lot of different adjustments, but that that's, that's a part of every business. Like the way you start is not always going to be the exact same as how you finish. Like you have to make adjustments. You have to adapt. Yeah. You have to grow. Not everybody is the most brilliant person in the world and just comes up with these million dollar ideas, right? Yeah. Like you think of an idea and then you alter that idea and then you grow that idea and you have to adjust and grow with the company, grow with the world, grow with the times. Like this world is ever changing and feedback is your best friend when it comes to business. Like, I'm grateful that people told you that because it really forced you to take that step back and think about your business and 
kind of clarify your message. Absolutely. And I think it's such a good um, piece of advice for people because I know I struggle even currently mm. with not putting products out or not putting out designs because I'm like, it's not perfect. It's not exactly what I want. It's not the vision I have in the future. And I yeah. get too wrapped up in the future. And then I think about like a company like Nike or a company like huge companies, they've changed their branding. Rite Aid changed their branding the other mm -hmm. day. I was looking at their sign and I'm like, that is not what it used to be. <laughs> and so it, like, it's such a silly thing to think about, but you're like, I have, I had too much, um, insecurity of like what's happening now. And like, mm -hmm. even looking at old designs and being like, Oh, I hated that. And it's like, I can hate that. I can like the new yeah. stuff. It's okay to be growing and being, getting better and having people like your brand now and not liking it then. Yeah. And I think that's such a good, good reminder for people. Totally. I mean, you mentioned Nike. It's like, do you know how many things Nike has probably put out that didn't go over well or like were controversial or they look back now and they're like, why was that cool? Why was that? Why did we put out that style? Yeah. And you have to be able to take the risk of accepting feedback from people. Like I, I totally relate because I feel that way with certain products too. It's like some people like certain products and some people don't like not everybody has the same taste. Like some people are obsessed with night mist, like can't live without it. And there are some people who are like, you know, like night mist is probably not the first one I would buy. So it's, it's, it's again, that's hard feedback to take too. Yeah. Cause then you forget, like you still need it for the people that like it. Yeah. That's a hard, that's hard. It is hard. It's very hard, but you, ha you can't think of it as, uh, being critical. It's yeah, not absolutely. critical. That's yeah. just someone's opinion. Like yeah. I would probably tell you, I, I have super dry skin, so I'm not going to use a mattifying primer. Like mm. I probably would, you know, if somebody made a mattifying prim primer, that would be the feedback I would give them. Like that probably wouldn't be the first thing I would buy because you know, I'm super dry. I want to yeah. buy something that's like going to hydrate my skin. So you have to understand that like all feedback is good feedback, like whether it's negative or positive, because it's helping your brand develop. Absolutely. It's allowing you to look at your products, for example, at a different angle, because if somebody gives you um, like a negative review or a negative feedback, you can take a step back and be like, oh, I've never thought about it like that before. Like, how could I alter it to be more universal? Yeah, absolutely. So weird fact. Your night mist is like, I, one time I like sprayed it on my pillow before I went to bed and it was like the best night sleep I ever had. <laughs> Weirdly, I don't know why I did it. I don't know if, I literally have no idea why I did it one time, but it smells good. And That's I just, so funny. that weird. Probably chamomile or something. Yeah. I have no idea. Knock it you right sleep. out. Yeah. It was good though. I was like, I don't, I don't know why sometimes like on my face, I didn't like it as much, but I did it on my pillow once. I still don't know why I did this now that I say it out loud. I'm going to try that. Yeah. It's actually pretty nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I love all your products. You're the best. I know. I'm almost Thank out of you. vitamin C oil. I need to get more. Anyways. <laughs> um, so before we end it, do you have any, like you, we did, you gave so much advice, but any <laughs> other piece of advice that you can give people? Um, I feel like I could, I could be the one taking advice. So what do I, what do I need to tell myself right now? Let's think. Um, that's a great piece of advice right there is that even with someone who like, in my opinion is like, in your opinion is so successful and like, you're still taking advice. Like that's oh, huge. God. You always need to take an advice. That's what I, that's what I'm going to say. Never stop learning. You, if you feel like you have no more to learn, you are in the wrong field. Absolutely. You need to Ooh, be in, in a field. I didn't think about that. If you feel like you can't learn anything else about what you're doing, you, it, you need to be somewhere else because what is life if it's not challenging you? Oh, interesting. I never thought about in that perspective because people always say like, you always need to keep learning. And it was just more like, there's always something to learn, but if you have no interest, like, Oh, interesting. And yeah, I feel like that ties in with this too. It's like, I, I never want to be the smartest person in the room. Like I always mm -hmm. want to surround myself with people who are teaching me and encouraging me and elevating me as like a human. Yeah. So I feel like that's another one too. If you're walking into a room and no one is like teaching you anything or challenging you yeah. or trying to make you a better version of yourself, then you're probably in the wrong room. Yeah. There was like a Bill Nye quote about that where you can always oh. learn something new from every single person you meet or something. Maybe I took this from a Bill Nye <laughs> episode <laughs> I watched. I doubt it. But <laughs> anyways, I just thought about that recently. But yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing you this with me. So this welcome. was awesome. I had so much fun. It's so much fun. It is really so much fun to be able to talk to people who are going through the same thing and um, you know, I, I feel like the biggest break for me was understanding that it's never 
easy a hundred percent of the time. It's always going to be challenging. You're going to have bad days. And I just continue to surround myself with people like you and other entrepreneurs who understand the journey and understand that, you know, you just got to pursue what makes you happy. Absolutely. Well, we're here to prove you don't always have to be organized to follow your dreams and getting lost isn't always a bad thing. Thank you again, Emily. This was awesome. Anytime. Bye, guys.